0: Hello and welcome. Today we are talking about the harsh inner critic, the voice of self-judgment, or what I like to call for myself, the voice of unconditional negativity. Talking about overcoming this voice, and I'm going to share a couple stories in what I consider three pillars that have helped me navigating this voice or these voices inside of myself. And in the spirit of making this very clear and concise, I'm just gonna say what the pillars are right off the bat. The first one is learning how to recognize that voice of judgment, criticism, and negativity when it's present. And this can be harder than it sounds. It sounds very basic and obvious. But when we've been swimming in a sea of negative inner talk, when we've been swimming in a sea of self judgment, to actually notice that as something. That is emotionally charged and not seeing life clearly and just looking through this one narrow vantage point, that can actually be kind of tricky. The second of the three pillars is establishing contact with another voice inside of us. So if I call that voice of unconditional negativity, um, if I call that that inner critic, the voice of unconditional negativity. The opposite voice inside of me would be the voice of unconditional love, unconditional understanding, unconditional empathy. And being able to feel that, that harsh inner critic and then also feel that other part of me that's more empathetic and kind and loving and understanding. Bringing those two aspects of consciousness together is really important. And then the third pillar, the final pillar, is bringing in truth and honesty and a bigger perspective to what is often the myopic and selective and emotionally charged vantage point of intense shame and insecurity that's behind the inner critic um, or that self-judgment. And um, it seems like there's something about us that's so deeply wired for negativity a lot of us at least myself and most of the people I know and talk to in life we can have 50 or 100 experiences that are positive or neutral or neutral verging on positive and then we have one experience that's negative or embarrassing and that's the one we fixate on that's the one that occupies all of the real estate in our psyche. And all of those positive experiences, we forget about them. The one where we mess up, that's the one we carry around at the forefront of our consciousness. And sometimes that can be helpful. There can be an accountability in that. And sometimes we have really painful experiences that we can't just sweep under the rug. Um, But I think it's really important to recognize that tendency inside of ourselves, and develop this kind of wisdom and maturity, so that when we are just fixating dishonestly on limited negative experiences and ignoring the bigger grace of life, uh, that we recognize what's happening and do something to uplift ourselves and have a more honest. Uh, perception of who we are and what our life is. So that first step, recognizing the voice, that can be hard. Um, recognizing that voice of judgment can be very hard. Sometimes it's helpful when we have people outside of ourselves show it to us. I was with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and she we were talking about relationships, being alone, and she started to talk about herself in a way that was very self-deprecating she was saying oh yeah men just aren't attracted to me it's just something I have to deal with I don't look like the typical attractive woman and she started going on this tangent I had to interrupt her and be like whoa 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 nothing that you're saying right now is true you know right you're talking from a voice of of that harsh inner critic and it's emotionally charged and There probably is an underlying emotional experience. You probably have experienced rejection. But right now, because of that, uh, you're not seeing things clearly because I know you. I know your life. I know that you're a beautiful woman who has had many experiences of people loving you uh, physically and for something of beauty that's beyond your physicality. And she was like, oh, yeah. That's true. She was still kind of stuck in that heavy, bogged down emotion of um, that that self-criticism, but there was something that I could see clearly, that she couldn't because, um, well, I wasn't in the emotion, right? So I could see I, I'm familiar enough with my own voice of unconditional negativity that I at least sometimes can recognize it when other people are speaking from theirs so i recognized that and then i i named it and uh i think it was really important to do so because she was saying things that were like hurtful towards herself that weren't true um so so like i said that first step recognizing the voice of Inner criticism, self judgment, it can be hard when you're used to that voice, when you've grown up in an environment that reinforces or fosters that voice, and you live in a world, in a culture that is kind of obsessed with negativity and judgment in a pretty rough way. Um, cultivating an awareness that's not healthy and that's not a complete way of looking at ourselves and looking at life, Uh, that can be a skill, that can be an art. For myself, the voice of the inner critic or the self-judgment or unconditional negativity, I've found that it has some pretty signature qualities that I can recognize. There's a, a very specific script it seems to draw from. There are a few fundamental underlying themes that it builds itself upon and the themes are things like you're an idiot this is me to myself miles you're an idiot miles you're ugly miles you're less than miles nobody likes you miles uh they don't like you someone specific miles you're a loser you're not good enough you should give up some variation on these themes um is is the script that part of me usually draws from And it's pretty harsh. It's not a way that I would want to speak to anybody. And it also is accompanied by feelings, like physiological sensations. And for me, probably uh, a sense of being kind of tight, hunched over, closed off. Just not light, not buoyant, not free, more constricted. And so when I recognize that script... And these physiological sensations, I can be like, hey, 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 I think I know what's going on here. I think there's a part of me that's hurt that isn't seeing life clearly. It's seeing life through the lens of, of its pain, and it's not seeing this bigger perspective. Um, I will not claim to be a master at recognizing this and interrupting it, because it's still something that I carry with me. But learning how to recognize it means that I can have some more fun in my life by not carrying the intensity of that shame so tightly. It can be more light when I can laugh at it, play with it, bring a more um, wise perspective to it. And that leads right into that second pillar that I talked about earlier, which is establishing contact with a different voice. And like I think I said already, for me, if if I call the self-judging voice the voice of unconditional negativity, then the other voice inside of me might be the voice of unconditional love, the opposite voice, the voice of unconditional empathy, understanding. And that's a voice that can be hard to access, because we it seems really easy for our psyche to slide into looking at things from the negative vantage point, and it can be a little more ch- or a lot more challenging to slide in, in the direction of seeing the positive, seeing the light. But it is, it's is—it's basically what I did with my friend when I said, hey, wait a minute now. I don't think that you're seeing things clearly. I, this doesn't sound like the truth of your experience in this life. You're just in shame right now. Let's call it what it is. There's a reason for it. And... Let's not invalidate that or be condescending towards it, but let's be real. A lot of people think you're pretty awesome. And a personal example of of an area where I will critique myself somewhat savagely is in the department of my work as an author. And kind of the unconventional, circuitous, indirect path that I've been walking in that part of my life. I published a book somewhat recently, and it's getting out slowly into the world. And there's this very slow process of of building an audience. And my inner critic can very easily look at that and just savagely criticize myself. Oh, you're a loser. You should give up. This isn't happening for you so on and so forth. And that inner critic is, I understand where it's coming from, because um, on a superficial level, there's certain goals that I haven't achieved yet. But on another level, that inner critic has to completely negate the very real and sacred things that have been happening you know every time a person reads that book that i wrote and tells me how profound it was and how deeply it touched them that's a big that's a that's a thing that's not something that i like it's like all of the people who have loved my friend that she was forgetting about when she was in her self criticism uh, for me to to be in that abject sense of criticism towards myself as an author, I kind of have to ignore all of the beautiful profound feedback I've gotten from people and my own sense of love and appreciation for the work that I have been doing and the development of my character that has coming has been coming through this humbling path of kind of believing in myself and carrying on without tons of external validation. I mean, that's a beautiful thing and I'm so happy for it. And and so I guess what I'm illustrating just by talking this out right now is that voice of inner criticism that's like, "Oh, you don't have this many followers. You haven't sold this many books. You're a loser. Give up, man. Nobody cares. It's a joke." So that's the voice of the inner critic and then the voice, the other voice of unconditional empathy or wisdom. Um, It's like, hey, I don't think you're seeing the whole picture. There's more going on here. Your character is growing through the way that this path is unfolding. And by the way, people are discovering your work, and they're giving you really beautiful feedback. And it's It's at a different pace than you expected it. And it just so happens that that pace happens to be developing humility and strength and integrity in you. So those are those two aspects of consciousness. And having them dialogue with each other, I think, is pretty important. Because just to suppress that negativity won't make it go away. But this is getting to the third pillar. If I actually show it facts that are real and grounded and bigger than its myopic perspective i know that for me that's a way of just um it'll like actually move the energy it'll actually get in a little bit deeper and that is the third pillar each of these kind of feeds into the into the next the third pillar is bringing in honesty bringing in the truth bringing in a bigger perspective to that myopic um, criticism and judgment and what can be cruelty to oneself. And I, I, I feel like what I just shared really illustrated it. You know, just having this one part of me that's really fixated on what it doesn't have, what it hasn't accomplished, who it isn't, what it can't be, what it won't be. And then this other part that's connected to a bigger perspective, that's connected to a more... It's a part of my psyche that's actually wired to look for the good, to look for the solution, to look for the silver lining. Not in a way that discounts true pain and suffering, because there's a time and place to just grieve, to not recontextualize anything, but to just grieve. Um, But specifically in the example I just gave, it's a classic everyday example of the inner critic just railing at me in a way that isn't connected to the bigger picture. There's a bigger story than it than it was seeing there. And having that other part of my awareness online being able to notice what's happening and be like, "Hold up, hold up. This is that part of me that is perpetually unsatisfied. And I doubt that any amount of achievement will satisfy it. It, Achievement, in my experience, generally just is like steroids for this part of me. It just makes it more entitled. It makes it have a, a more ravenous appetite for validation externally. But developing that muscle, that internal muscle of compassion, wisdom, and understanding that's, um, this extraordinary, beautiful thing, uh, and accessing that, noticing the inner criticism and then being able to seek out a bigger story, one that puts it into perspective. And it doesn't invalidate the part of me that's like, Hey, this feels like I'm not fully bringing my gifts into the world. This feels like there's something more that's true. But the idea that I'm a loser, or that it's a lost cause, it's like, yo, yo, back it up. There's something sacred unfolding, and it doesn't feel like you're seeing it. So let me, let me show you. Having that in our dialogue, um, I, it's something that I do all the time, because I do have these two parts of myself: the one that easily collapses into negativity and self judgment and shame and then man thank god i also have this other part of me that can love that that can that can love that i even do that that this the part of me the kind of the polar aspect that that unconditional self-love the heart compassion whatever you want to call it it can even see my ability to collapse in on myself as something beautiful it's like man that's awesome it's awesome that you feel so deeply because that makes your life so much more rich you bring that to so many areas of your life and that's beautiful um yeah because one thing that can happen is we can notice our our self criticism our self judgment and then once we notice it be like ah damn it i'm doing it again i'm such an idiot. And the self-criticism has kind of, like, reached over and subsumed our self-awareness now. So the self-awareness is part of the dance of inner criticism. Um, So I think it's important to remember that um, empathy and kindness are connected to emotional intelligence. You know, I, I think that looking at oneself and looking at, looking at oneself and others and life with emotional intelligence, it's my belief that there's a, a levity and an empathy and an understanding that's inherent to that. And that when we start condescending and judging and being cruel, um, I, I think there's usually a deficiency of emotional intelligence there. I guess I associate... I think that negativity is kind of the low-hanging fruit of consciousness. And I don't mean that we should be false positive all the time. I just think that it's so easy to slip into the rut of negativity and to authentically find beauty and sanctity in life. Authentically, not to fake it, but to actually see it. To actually do the work of digging in and finding it in ourself and in others and in our experience and in others' experience that takes creativity, that takes fortitude, and discipline, and integrity, and this, like, that's, to me, that, that's what emotional intelligence is. Anyhow, I think this is a good place to leave this video. Um, What are your experiences? What helps you with that voice of negativity and shame? I'm curious, let me know, and uh, if you enjoyed this episode, give it a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also subscribe. You can give it a comment. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I think you can also subscribe. And if you're interested in my book, How to Open the Heart, an Incredible Journey into Vulnerability, Empathy, and the Transformation of Consciousness, you will find information in the show notes. Until next time, have a beautiful day.